Hello and welcome to another episode of Just Breathe Podcast with Matt and Rachel. How's everyone doing today? It's another beautiful Sunday. Yeah. Um, so to start out, uh, you know, we've actually the past two years have been doing a little thing where every morning we send each other uh, a new quote, you know, a quote of the day, get some motivation, get some inspiration, start the day out. So we figure why not? take this into our podcast. So uh, we have a quote of the day for you, quote of the week, I guess, if you look at the podcast. Uh, and we're just going to you know, read it and talk about it a little bit. So here's a quote by Ken Hubbard. The hardest thing is to take less when you can get more. Yeah, it's an interesting one. And we've, we talked about it a little bit before we started recording and it's interesting because when I first heard it, I thought, why take less when you can get more? I don't really, I didn't really understand that, but Matt had a good point. Right. So my interpretation of this quote is something along the lines of, you know, like something we've talked about a little before is this scarcity mindset, right? So when you basically take everything that is available to you, you're in this mindset of, you know, your flight or fight or flight. I need to have everything I can take kind of viewpoint. And you clear the table of everything that's available to you. Whereas you, if you only take what you need at the moment, you're, you're admitting to yourself that you're living in a life of abundance where Mm -hmm. if you take, if you leave some out and you need more, you can go back and get it. You don't always have to be in this mindset of, always taking everything that's there because you want to live a life where you're you're free to have more Mm -hmm. yeah it's kind of like there's a sense of fear that there won't be more to come back to uh the another time around so instead of just taking what you need or just enjoying what you actually want you just overindulge i guess it's overindulging right yeah overindulge i think overindulgence and a mix of fear of not having another opportunity. Yeah. You want to live in a, you want to have a mindset where you admitting to yourself, you're going to have more opportunities. It's not something where you want to not take advantage of Mm -hmm. of every opportunity, but you also don't want to over and take advantage of your opportunities. Yeah. Admit to yourself that, you know, there always be more opportunities to, you know, have what you want. Yeah. And on another note, but still related, do you remember how or why you started sending me quotes? Because I remember you did it first. And now it's been almost two years, and that's crazy. I just, well, I always had an app that would send me a morning quote. Oh, okay. And I just started Start doing it with it. me. <laughs> that's so cute. So now I want to share it with you. So everyone, We're bringing you into the relationship. <laughs> you, the listener, if you, if you guys have a favorite quote, that you like, uh, if you have something that you, a quote that always comes back to mind whenever you want some motivation, inspiration, or just some random quote that you enjoy to look at, uh, send it to us and, you know, we'll share it and give us, we'll give our own opinion on what it means and how we can apply it in our lives and how maybe you can apply it as well. Definitely. Yeah. All right. So today's topic, what are we talking about? We are talking about health. And wellness and what that meant to us three plus years ago and what it means to us now. Right. So I had a question that I thought would be fun to start this off with. And it's, what was your breakfast three plus years ago? Let's say maybe um, high school or college. And what is it now? All right. So this is kind of tough because my... My health journey has been very rocky and up and down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so most people don't know me from 2010 beyond before that, but I used to be 284 pounds back in the day. 284? 284. Whoa. Uh, compared to now, I'm 170 something. So back in 2010 prior, uh, I was very much, you know, high sugar, Breakfast. I think I had a lot of uh, like ego waffles, stuff like that. Toaster strudel. Very, very uh, unhealthy breakfast. Lego my ego. Lego my ego. <laughs> then uh, I went into kind of a 
very restrictive phase when I tried to lose weight. And my breakfast literally was two egg whites, two eggs worth of egg whites. So imagine... That's it? Yes. That sounds awful. It was awful. Uh, I don't I don't, re- don't recommend that. But that was my view of health then. And then my, my breakfast in my bodybuilding and powerlifting days, very much so not healthy as well, was what I like to call prote meal. <laughs> so uh, as you can probably imagine, prote meal is protein oatmeal. Wow. Very creative. And I... Uh, I had this for about six years in a almost, I'd say 99% of the day, my morning, my breakfast was protmeal. And you were having that when we started dating because I remember making fun of you because it looks like poo. It looks like poo. <laughs> it's, uh, so I would just take oatmeal, big old cup of oatmeal, mix in two scoops of chocolate protein powder, or sometimes it got crazy and uh, had some seasonal flavors. I remember there were some very good pumpkin pie flavors wow. back in the back in the day. But I started this my freshman year of college and basically continued until a year and a half ago, I'd say. Yeah. Um, so that that was my breakfast. What what about you? Alright. Well I feel like mine is my storyline is a little similar, not quite. When I was younger I definitely had a lot of sugar in my breakfast. My mom used to say that if you gave me a steak and a cup of sugar, I would be happy. So I was really picky growing up. That's one hell of a breakfast. Oh, yeah. Steak and sugar. But I I didn't have steak for breakfast. I'll just say that that was kind of what I leaned towards. But um, growing up, I definitely had more sugary breakfasts, definitely cereals. I loved Pop-Tarts. But in high school... I started getting a little bit more conscious of what I was eating, and there was a point where I was more restrictive, too, because I thought that's what healthy living was, and I felt like I needed to control what I was eating, so I remember doing I remember doing egg whites, too. Obviously, that was a big thing. I remember having gluten-free bread when that first started coming out and it wasn't that great 10 plus years ago it was made from rice i'd argue it's still not that great some of it some of it is still not that great but this was very dense you get like fluffy there's fluffier (laughs) gluten-free breads now it's definitely improved but i remember having that with uh avocado which was pretty good but i think One of the most common breakfasts I had would be rice cakes with almond butter. And I thought that was a good idea, but the rice cakes never really filled me up. They never really filled me up, so I just kept having more. It's like cement. Yeah, it was either that or there would be some mornings where I'd have an apple and maybe a smoothie. It It was varied, but everything was measured out. And mm. calculated. Yeah, talk to me about so, measuring out food. Yeah, and now, did you share what you have now? No, I didn't. Okay. Yeah, I actually, I just had a thought. I remember, I went when I was trying to lose weight. I went through a phase where I was experimenting with these different kinds of diets, uh, and I remember doing a it was a three day avocado and like cucumber no. cleanse. And all I had for three days was like chopped avocados and cucumbers in in vinegar or something. Do you remember the... It was so weird. It was so strange. I don't know why I thought that would... I don't know why... Yeah, I, what I don't think the... I read any like science to say what it would do. Yeah, I what just, was the logic behind that? <laughs> there was that. no logic. It was just, here's some green stuff on a plate. It's green, so it must yeah, be it must good be to good. just have that and green nothing Green things else. are good for you. Well, I'm not a stranger to weird diets like that. I have done three-day fruit fasts. I've done raw food. And I've heard of lots of weird diets. You know, I heard about one called the peanut butter diet. I would definitely go. I've said this before. If I could eat one thing for the rest of my life, it would be peanut butter. (laughs) I could just crush a jar of peanut butter. Yeah, you really could. Speaking of raw foods... um, just point out there, Rachel is afraid of raw bread. 
So I'm never mention raw, never mention raw bread to Rachel. Come on, guys. Let's be honest. Toasted bread is so much better <laughs> than non-toasted, aka raw bread. <laughs> raw bread. That that term has been coined by me. So yeah, let's just put that on the record. So breakfast now, for me, I so I'm I'm a very routine oriented person. Tell me about it. Uh, I like to have I like to know what's what's coming to me. I'm working on it, trying to break through my routine, but. It's also, it, it leaves a lot of space in my mind for other things. And I, I automate so I don't have to think about what I'm going to eat. So now I, my go-to breakfast now is a smoothie made with uh, some carrots and celery chopped up, uh, a little protein powder, some coconut milk, frozen berries, and top it off with some coconut and cacao nibs. And I actually started doing this from Max Greenfield. Mm. Yes, I remember seeing his thing. He posted, um, if you don't follow him, he's a biohacker. He's got a, he's got a, he's got a um, podcast, I believe. Yeah, he does. Um, Very active Instagram, but he's, you know, one of these guys that is doing a lot of biohacking. I remember him, he just posted about doing smoothies and I started, I was like, oh, I'm going to do smoothies. So lo and behold, almost two years later, I've had a smoothie almost every day for the past <laughs> two years for breakfast. But I think those are pretty good. They're well-rounded. I don't know if you mentioned this, but you also add greens into your smoothie. It's oh, got yeah, a yeah. little of everything. Yeah, like a cup of, a cup of kale, a cup of spinach. Just kind of jam it in there. Um, it's uh, a very unappetizing mix of brown and green color at the end of the day. But it but, tastes good. Uh, it's delicious and healthy and gets me going for the morning. So what is your breakfast? My breakfast? Well, I definitely am more, maybe less, I I like my routines, but I also get in phases where I really like a certain meal and I stick to it for a while and then something new comes up. But lately I've been into dairy-free yogurt and I add wild organic blueberries, a little bit of grain-free granola, and cacao nibs. And I like that as my breakfast. Feels good. I don't like anything too heavy in the morning, and it tastes good. So it's usually that or a smoothie, or um, <laughs> nothing has changed too much. Um, paleo bread toasted with avocado. Yeah, not raw bread. Not raw bread, toasted. Cool. So that's, you know, just a little intro to the changes, transitions in our mm-hmm. food from breakfast. You know, let's let's talk a little bit about mindset, right? I was about to bring that up. So w- mindset, you know, from our beginning of our quote-unquote health history to now. Uh, so for me, health has, my definition of health has changed wildly. From when I first started out in you know getting trying to get on this healthy track, fitness lifestyle to where I'm now, you know my mindset back then was really about appearances. That's what I thought health was about, and I think a lot of people think that too. Could be wrong, but I'd like to think a lot of people are on this mindset where if you look healthy, if you look fit, if you're skinny, you are healthy. What do you think about that? Yeah, I would have to agree that we we look at somebody and we determine whether they're healthy or not based on how they look, and we pretty much just judge right away, and we don't even consider that maybe they are making some healthy choices and they just look a little different. Yeah, so I started, as I mentioned before, wanting to lose weight, and my idea of health was being skinny. So my health, everything I did for health was to try to lose weight and be skinny. And that's what I thought health was. So my mindset was, if I looked like I was healthy, I was. Wrong. (laughs) (laughs) It's incredibly wrong. Looking healthy does not mean you are healthy. Obviously, if you eat right, exercise, have a healthy meditation practice, mindfulness, you will appear to be healthy. But it's not always the same. It's like a square versus rectangle, right? Uh, Kind of idea. So everything I did from basically 2010 through 2015, really, 
was based on appearances. Mm -hmm. And that was my mindset was what I looked like meant what I was. Yeah. I'd have to say I was very similar and it really started off being appearance based. Although I was, I did have an interest in health. Um, I was active growing up and um, I just thought it was interesting, but it was mostly appearance-based. It I started getting into... It's interesting getting into health. It's funny saying that. Like, I wasn't into it before, but I was in other ways. I just didn't consider it health. But I got into it after I retired from my gymnastics career. Uh, and I started gaining a little bit of weight. And I also became more interested when I started seeing breakouts on my skin and that was really the catalyst for actually trying new foods and eating some green things. Green things. Yeah. I remember it was a big deal when I, in high school, tried or had sautéed spinach with a veggie burger. That was a big deal because... I had not had green things on my plate before then. So was this when you started becoming more plant-based? Is this that when that transition started to take place post-gymnastics, kind of getting so. getting into that world of healthy eating perhaps? Maybe that was, was that what you for you back then, what your, your health was more focused on was what you were eating versus well, what you were doing? Yeah, yeah, it was definitely what I was eating and it was... Um, it started because when I was, I had started to see some acne appear and I went to a skin esthetician and she said, you know, we can do some things here, but I also recommend looking at your diet. And these are certain foods that can exacerbate blemishes and acne. And so I took a look at it and I was open to change and I started making some changes and I, got, I started getting more into it, especially when my skin started to clear up. Um, but that was around when I was 16, and I didn't start eating more plant-based until I believe it was my senior year of high school. So um, I guess I was 17 or 18. And um, I just remember one day thinking, no, I'm good. I actually enjoy eating more plants. And at that point, it was more about how I felt rather than my appearance. Right. So even as early as 17, 18, you were thinking about feeling versus. Yeah. Okay. Um, did you, at this point, were you starting to get into the physical activity aspect of health or were you really just kind of focusing on the food nutrition mm -hmm. side? Cause I know you were starting to get a little bit of interest in nutrition, potentially thinking about going into that field mm -hmm. early on. But at this point, how, how did your physical activity practice look? Hmm. Well, I was active throughout uh, my childhood and high school. And like I said, I was a gymnast. And then when that ended, I tried out diving, dancing. Um, and so I was already really active. But that was around the time when I started working out more in the gym and doing some more traditional weightlifting and... Mm -hmm. I, I guess that was pretty much it. I did do a lot of yoga. I became um, a yoga teacher when I was 16, so I was practicing a lot of yoga. And I guess it was a time, a phase of kind of dabbling in certain things and trying out Pilates and mm -hmm. uh, boot camp workouts. But I guess since I've always been active, I didn't pay as much attention to that aspect. It really was all about the food and how much I was eating, what I was eating, and whether it was going to support my goals of looking a certain way. So it seems like you went from a transition from more of performance and aesthetic based physical activity. So diving, gymnastics obviously is very mm -hmm. much so uh, is a outward appearance. You know, you're not really focusing on your what you're feeling as much as trying to present to someone that you can look like you're doing something attractive and aesthetically pleasing to diving, which is very much so also yeah. very much a not really 
it's not so much a performance, but definitely has performance and kind of like a showman aspect to it. Uh, and even class-based boot camp things, it's very much so like a group focus. So when you, did you, what did you notice? Do you remember anything in your life that kind of trans made you start to transition to a gym focus where you're actually focusing on your physical activity and what you're doing personally versus a performance like what what mm-hmm. kind of got me through that transition that you took place that took place with you I'm not um totally sure I just know that I liked a challenge and even though being at the gym wasn't necessarily performance like a performance or I was competing I liked the challenge of it and I liked I guess I liked being in an environment where it was just me and I was choosing what I was doing instead of having a coach telling me what to do. So you're rebelling against... <laughs> no. I actually... That's why sometimes I like working out by myself more than taking a class because I think you can be a little bit more mindful as you're moving and sometimes it's nice to take a class to have someone else push you, but... Yeah, I don't know how, um, really, what I was thinking during that time. What what was it like for you when you started getting in the gym? Yeah, so my, you know, I played sports through basically eighth grade through, yeah, into high school. Uh, you know, football, rugby, play a lot of sports, team-based sports. My gym time in that period was pretty sparse. It was basically... Whatever was required of me, I would do it. I didn't really have any ambitions in the gym or personally. I just did it because I had to. So it felt kind of like a chore? It was a chore and it was definitely something I did not enjoy. I really despised it. Hmm. Going to the weight room, you know, running, things like that. Then when I wanted to lose weight and focused on that, for me, it was a means to an end, right? So everything I did was to get to my goal, was to lose weight. That was my focus on. So re- really the first few, really half a year of this transition, I did zero physical activity. But that was mostly because I had zero energy because I was eating- Nothing. Nothing. Uh, eventually I started getting to running because everyone runs to lose weight, right? All the healthy people run. That's what you do. You see people running. It must be good for you. I had that phase too when I wanted to lose weight. <laughs> Everyone has to run. Uh, so I started running naturally. I Naturally, I'm pretty good at most sports that I get into. I have a mindset where I just am able to push myself. So got pretty good at running, was doing 5Ks, uh, five, six miles runs um, throughout the summer. Uh, and but I never really enjoyed it. It was mostly, like you said, a chore that I was doing and would force myself to do in the mornings. From there, uh, I started to get the summer after high school ended. You know, I had obviously my sport career was over, and I needed something to get into. So started getting into bodybuilding, and I think that's what most what most kids or guys get into post high school where they've lost their sports and they're like, what do I do now? You know, you're not really, you don't have the structure of a coach telling you what to do. Mm-hmm. So what did I do? Bodybuilding.com, printed out every workout I could find, a bunch of bro splits, got to that. And bro splits in terms of back day, arm day, back day, leg yeah. day. Monday, international chest day, obviously. <laughs> and you know, like I said, I was really focusing on appearances. That's my ultimate goal was Everything I'm doing is to look a certain way. And to get the ladies. To get the ladies. No, it was mostly for <laughs> yeah. Everyone thinks every every guy thinks they're gonna they work out to get ladies, but really more guys compliment you than anything. <laughs> I've had more funny. I've had more dudes come up to me in the gym back you know when I was when I was working out and say something than than girls, but that's another <laughs> story. Uh, anyway. So it sounds like Matt may be popular with the men. <laughs> uh, perhaps. <laughs> uh, anyway, so you know that was my focus was aesthetics, bodybuilding. It's all about looking a certain way, uh, and that's that's what I focused on. And you know, I really didn't care about how I felt. 
the only, and I just, I knew I had to get the workout in and no matter how I felt, I had to get it. I, some would say I was addicted to working out. I would not argue with them. <laughs> uh, so I went through this phase for a couple of years doing bodybuilding. Eventually I got to the state where I realized that, you know, I, my body is what it is. I'm not going to look like these guys in bodybuilding.com magazine or, you know, on the cover of men's health or, you know, whatever venue or you're getting your mindless entertainment from. So I decided to get into powerlifting. Uh, so if you don't know the difference between bodybuilding and powerlifting, I, you know, applaud you for staying out of those realms. Uh, basically powerlifting is picking heavy things up and putting it down. Dropping it Drop. down really heavy. No, I wasn't that guy. Okay. I was, I was very good. I was very, I used to work in the weight room. So I understood the anger of a weight room attendant when you would slam weights. So I was very gentle with the weights. Uh, so I got into powerlifting and then my, I, my vision of performance was, or vision of health and physical activity was that performance, right? So everything I did was to try to get stronger. And was this necessarily healthy? Heck no. I beat my body up every day in the gym, two hours a day. And I say every day, I mean literally every day. It's crazy. I took in f- about five years of this, I took maybe two days off. Because, because I was you, sick. Yeah, I was about to say. Because <laughs> I, I know had the it flu. Was because you were sick. I got the flu, and I even the first day I got the flu, I was deadlifting, and that was horrible. But my vision, my idea, my mindset was that I had to do this to get stronger every day, mm-hmm. and I needed this performance. I needed to constantly see progress, and that is that's what drove me for that that time was this mindset of constantly getting better. It's, a, it's interesting. That I think this is similar for a lot of people where they get into health and fitness for the reasons of appearance, and then it does start to change and mm-hmm. move into more performance and how they feel and how yeah. they <clears throat> progress. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, you know, I loved health and wellness. I have a degree in kinesiology for for all you laymen that don't know that, it's basically exercise science, a fancy title. So, you know, I, I got the degree, I understood the biomechanics, the physiology, I love this stuff. But what I was practicing was definitely not what I was preaching. Mm-hmm. And what I was doing was not what you would look down on paper as healthy. You might think, you know, this guy's working out every day, he must be in great health. But I was wrecking my body. And I was just focusing on a goal that I had in mind that's really was such an arbitrary goal. You know, there's, there, there was no, you know, there was no end to it. It was just getting better every day. That's not a goal. That's just progress without, with, with your eyes closed. That's just walking in the desert and not knowing where you're going. Not, not healthy. Uh, so this continued for a few years until I finally was broke down. My knee was shot, my back was messed up, my neck hurt, and I said, it's done. And I just threw it all away. Uh, And some would say that I was pretty good in my sport. (laughs) Many would argue that. I, you know, had, I was about, my peak performance was a 565 pound deadlift, a little like around 325 bench and 455 squat. So this, you know, this was all without competing. This was just personal, like I said, personal things. I was pretty good. Uh, but I started to realize that my mindset was shifting into, I need to be focused on longevity. And what I was doing was not healthy in the long run. Um, yeah. So I, I just gave it all up and moved on to quote unquote functional training. Ooh, the, the fear of every power lifter is functional training. <laughs> so started doing a lot of, doing a lot of stuff with kettlebells, body weight things. Uh, but once again, still not really having anything to hold on to. It was really just moving and n- not really feeling what I was doing and to leave me where I'm at now. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's always interesting hearing about 
people's journey journeys in in the health realm and what it looks like for them and I think there are a lot of similarities between people and I think even though perhaps we may feel we're we're glad that we're not in those beginning stages I think it is good to appreciate them and be grateful for them because they got us to where we are now so I'd say if you are starting out your health journey or you feel like you're getting into health for the first time I would say don't judge wherever you are and how you're approaching it because it'll unfold as it's supposed to. Definitely. Yeah, I know I was more restrictive when I started out and then I started taking more of a balanced approach and I didn't get to the balanced approach until I had gone through restrictive eating and then I would binge eat and then I would restrict and it Mm. was a bad cycle until finally I said, you know, this is enough. I just want to feel good and sometimes eat a full pizza on a Saturday. Sometimes. Sometimes. Every Friday night. Well, now, every Friday (laughs) night, I have a cauliflower crust pizza and it's not huge. And that's my treat every Friday. Right. Yeah, I think the important thing to realize in every journey, whether it's a health journey, your career journey, relationship journey, is that... Where you're at now is not where you're going to be down the the line. Right. So judging yourself for where you're at or looking back and judging yourself for where you started is not, is not, it's meaningless in the long run. It's not going to do anything. It's not going to do anything because you're going to constantly be changing that, or at least that's the goal, right? You, You always want to be looking to improve yourself, looking for, you know, how can I be better? How can I, you know, eliminate what's not good for me? And really the, what you have to do to get to this set, the state is to be able to reflect on yourself. You know, why am I doing these things? Is, is my goal really aligning with my actions? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. I know that, um, This past year, I was judging my past self back in college for the choices that um, I was making then. College Rachel. College Rachel. And (laughs) I was, I was going out more than I needed to, and it was more because of FOMO. And I thought I was making healthy choices, but. I really wasn't making choices that supported me and my goals. Um, I was doing some good things. It wasn't all bad. Mm -hmm. But I was judging myself, my past actions, and I realized it's silly. Like, I was doing the best I could at that time, Mm -hmm. and I was just figuring it out. And obviously, I figured it out or figured some things out because now I'm at a place where I really like where I am um, health wise. I like how I feel. I like how I'm eating. And it's interesting because I was thinking back to how I was in high school and this all seemed very complicated. You had to measure things out like calories, Mm -hmm. plan ahead. I mean, I plan ahead now, but it's a little differently. Um, and now I feel like my approach is much more simple and it really comes down to, am I eating whole unprocessed foods? Am I keeping sugar down? Does this feel good in my body? It's so different. It's so much more simple. Mm -hmm. Right. I think the important thing is you have to be able to contextualize where you were at that time in your life. Mm -hmm. And maybe what you were doing was your definition of health then. Maybe that was the best you could do. You know, in college, maybe you had to track your calories because the health options you had maybe weren't as great. So that was the best you could do. You know, you can't be hard on yourself for where you were at mm-hmm. because, you know, obviously hindsight is twenty twenty. You're always going to look back and see, well, why didn't I know this then? Yeah. Well, that's the point is that you know it now right. and you're not going to make those same mistakes that you made in your past because you know what you know now. And then in 10, 15 years, you're going to look back at where you are now and say, why didn't I do that now mm-hmm. or then? Because you, it's just, it's a constant, constantly changing. Context is important. 
and environment. <clears throat> so right now, my environment that I've created it makes it much more. It makes it easier for me to live a more balanced uh, or take a more balanced approach to eating and working out. Whereas in college, <laughs> every there's so much going on. Everybody is saying, you know, come out with us or do this. And it's just a different, unrealistic world. Would you agree? Um, for the, I mean, for the most part, I, I think if... I think it's really about what you want of it. So for me in college, my, I thought I was being healthy, obviously context. I thought what I was powerlifting and bodybuilding was my health. And I did everything I could at that moment to do my, I focused on my goals, right? So when people in the middle of the week were like, come out and you know, go out, I'd be like, no, because I only go out on Friday and Saturday night because it, otherwise it'll interfere with my goal. So that was, that was my, my point, my point of view was I had these goals and I, nothing's going to stop me to get to my goals. And that was, that was my view. I was definitely the opposite. And I, I, um, appreciated someone who could do that because I would say I wanted to go to the gym and then someone would say, Hey, want to come out during the week? And I said, I would be like, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll figure out the gym later. Yeah, that wasn't me. You know, because that, for me, <laughs> for me, that was what I focused on. I, I was obsessive with it. And I, to me, going out wasn't important. Mm-hmm. And working out in the gym for two hours, you know, during the day was important. And I, I just really focused on that. But like I said, it, that wasn't the way to go. And that looking back, I... I wouldn't, I wouldn't change that because I enjoyed what I was doing and I enjoyed getting better at it. And I think all the, my friends and my circle that I created in that field, it was, it was definitely worth it. But looking, doing, would I do that now? Heck no. Because yeah. <laughs> I know better. I know what it did and I know what I'm doing now is better. For, well, at least I think what I'm doing now is better for me and time will tell. Well, do you feel good now? Yeah, I feel good. Yeah. I felt okay then too. Yeah. But like I said, it's context. I, you, feel, you feel good in the moment, but when you look back, you're like, whoa, I feel so much better now. Right. Because totally. it's always, you know, there's a spectrum of you know, where you're at and how you can get, improve. And it's interesting. I think the more you expose yourself to different uh, methods or approaches to health and wellness, the better off you'll be. Because you're open to trying new things and expanding your practices. And I think that happened with you. I asked you to come to a yoga class and you were open to coming. And just because you were open, it changed your, your, all your routines. Yeah. When a cute girl asks you to go to <laughs> hot yoga class and doesn't tell you it's hot yoga, don't wear sweatpants. Don't do it. <laughs> okay, at that point we had been dating though, and we were in New York for my birthday, and I think we had gone to one. We had gone to one class before. We went to a core power, but it wasn't as hard here in Baltimore. But then when we were in New York, we went to Y Seven, and I thought he knew it was hot yoga, and because of course didn't. I knew everything about Y Seven. He didn't know. Sorry. Yeah. But it's okay. It's a funny story now. It is a funny story. Riding uh, the subway in the end of January with a soaked sweatpant butt was definitely an enjoyable experience. I will never forget it. Now you know to ask whether we're going to hot yoga or regular yoga. The, uh, the, the answer is I don't do hot yoga yeah, anymore. Yeah, exactly. So it's never <laughs> we don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's another, see, that's another example. I thought hot yoga, even so far as a year ago or a little bit more than a year ago, I thought that was health for me, was hot yoga. And I, it had to be hot. You had to be sweating, drenched, heart beating. But after almost passing out a few times, I realized that this probably isn't the best for me. And my performance was a lot better in not, you know, hundred degree rooms. Well, you started challenging uh, your practice more with different, more strength-based yoga mm-hmm. flows. And yeah. once you started doing that and I started doing it a little more, I noticed I started getting stronger 
after doing that rather than going to more hot yoga classes. Right. And I, th- I think the, the moral of the story is you have to be open to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to experiment. You know, like I said at the beginning, I love my routines. I, some would say I am too obsessed with routines. Many would say this. I would not argue with them, but I am learning to experiment. I'm learning to try new things and take out what I like from the new things and apply it to what I already do. Yeah. And that is how you grow. You don't grow from doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. And like with your muscles, for example, like in your lifestyle, you won't grow. And with your muscles, they won't get stronger if you don't challenge them in different ways. Yeah. You have to, you have to always be willing to try new things, experiment and mix it up a little bit. And, you know, mindset is probably the most important part. How can you change your mindset and allow growth into your, your health view point? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I think I, I, I see my journey as, um, I see scales and I see, myself tipping more so on one scale than the other and now I think I see the scales starting to balance out because in high school I was more restrictive and then when I went to live in Paris for a year I started taking on their more balanced approach to living where they ate whole foods but they also had bread and treats and sugar but they walked a lot and they were really active and I loved that and for the first time when I was in Paris I felt more free when it came to my lifestyle but then the scales started tipping the opposite way and I became a little too laissez-faire I think and then once I was in college it was oh whatever do it tomorrow Mm -hmm. and so now you went extreme you went you took the laissez-faire for all you English speakers what is that in English well I mean I think most people understand how we use it laissez-faire but kind of a um Carefree, Carefree, leisurely, whatever happens, happens. Yeah. So you took that attitude, which is, is very, it's a, it's a good, it's a good approach to life. You know, you don't want to be super serious about everything, Mm -hmm. but you took that and you Americanized it. You supersized (laughs) it to college Rachel, who was wild and just whatever happens, happens. (laughs) Well, it worked in Paris because I was walking a ton and I was active and it didn't quite translate as well in college because I wasn't, even though I was walking a bit from class to class, I wasn't as active and I was also going out a lot more. And yeah, so that didn't quite work out so well. But then I started getting back into a more routine of working out. And I think I'm still getting to a place where I feel like I want more structure in my my workouts and my practice, my yoga practice. I feel like food is easy for me and I still am working on the exercise component. So I don't feel like I've obviously made it or gotten to where I want to be. Right. But yeah. What about you? Are you working on anything right now? Yeah, definitely working on being more flexible, not literally flexible. I guess I am working on being literally flexible as well. But more of my mindset of being flexible, uh, being able to detach. For me, attachment and rooting myself into what I have always done is my biggest hurdle, and that's my block. So I just try to practice ways to detach and push myself to do something different. You, my, my go-to is usually if I don't want to do something, it's because I should do it, right? Yeah. The more I don't want to do something, the more I need to do it. And that really just usually applies to physical activity. In a health sense, I like to think that I am pretty healthy, I would say. Um, you know, I definitely try to get a lot of balanced uh, foods and things like that, get, get my greens, but- Get those greens in. Get those greens in, veggies. I definitely have, ways to improve. I have a addiction to protein ice cream. Um, shout out enlightened ice cream. If you're listening, 
Um, we love you. I love you. Uh, if you're looking for yoga athletes, hit me up on Instagram. I'd love to be a sponsored athlete. Anyway, so I have a problem with ice cream. I would like to challenge myself to detach a little bit, which I've, I've experimented. Uh, but, you know, for really for me, it's about having your non-negotiables in your health life. Things that you do that you know work that have always worked for you and they're always going to be your pillars. So for me, that's physical activity. I need to have physical activity every day. That's just, I don't, I don't think anyone can argue that moving your body for 30 minutes to an hour every day is unhealthy. Right. Especially after sitting all day. Yeah. So just sitting all day, I sit for, you know, 10, 11 hours a day at work. I need to move. And I don't agree with these people that say you got to have a rest day. So yeah. just, no, you don't need, you really don't need rest day. You, you rest 90% of your day every day. You don't need to take a day of just sitting around doing nothing. Right. So for me, that's my non-negotiable is I have to make time to move every day. Well, even if that sometimes, you know, that, that's only half an hour. If that's mm-hmm. the only thing I can get in, if it's, if I was really busy that day or, you know, moving around a lot already, then that's sometimes the best I can get. But that's my non-negotiable. But how that movement looks can vary. For me right now, it's typically time on the mat. So I like to make half an hour of just me time on my mat where I'm just doing, flowing through a class and, you know, just really focusing on myself and what I'm doing. Uh, but, you know, that that could change down the line. But that is my structure of my non-negotiable is healthy food. I know what works. I don't eat fast food. I don't eat candy. I don't eat trash. That's my non-negotiable. Movement every day is my non-negotiable. Currently, I'm in uh, a sober curious uh, kind of state. I don't even know if it's sober curious or not. I haven't drank since I last. think you're beyond the phase I'm of beyond, the curious I might stage. just be sober at this point. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's my one of my non-negotiables. It's not really something that uh, I th- it's yeah, I just, I just feel a lot better not drinking. So I just decided, you know, I, the positives of drinking haven't, have never outweighed the negatives to me. So that's where I'm at now. I don't drink anymore, but you know, I like my coffee. I get my kombucha. That's my, you know, my beer on a Friday night. It's a nice, <laughs> nice ice cold bubbly kombucha. Pop open a cold one. Pop and open cold ones. You know, I think that's, that's for me. And I challenge you if you're looking to mix up your, your routine to try new things is to just keep these non-negotiables in place because you, in order to create space, some parts of you have to be rigid because if you're completely flexible and everything, you're just going to, you're not going to have anything to pull you back to ground you. Yeah. It'll be all over the place. You'll be all over the place and you'll, you'll end up exactly where you are, if not regressing. So if you have these few pillars but you know, exercise, food, whatever that, or nutrition that lock you down in certain aspects, you'll be able to create different aspects in your life, different spaces, create new space in your life in that way. Yeah, totally. And I think we've talked a lot about food and exercise. And I'd say one of my non-negotiables is also getting outside every day. I think that things like that, that we don't often hear about or talk about as often are really important. Breathing fresh air, taking time away from your screens, taking time to adopt a mindfulness practice, whether it's, I mean, that could just be cooking your food and doing that without a lot of distraction going on. So you can just relax your mind. I know that makes me feel really good when I take time to cook and it's not a rushed activity. Um, and I think those are underrated practices that I've adopted recently that I didn't consider a part of my health practice when I was younger. Yes. I think as we grow and develop our health practices, we learn that it's not one dimensional mm-hmm. you know, or like binary binary. Yeah. It's, it's, there's a little, it's three dimensional there. It's holistic, right? Yeah. So for us, it start. Oh, for me, it started out as appearance and then it moved into physical, how I felt inside physically. And now it's mentally. Mm-hmm. This is, and that's where I, I've picked up my, my mindfulness practice in the last 
year or so. Uh, and that's how I've created this holistic approach to health where it's not, it's not one thing acting independent of itself. It's everything is intertwined and everything works together to create health in your body, health yeah. in your mind. You can have a healthy body, but you can have a unhealthy mind. You can look good, but you can feel like shit. Right. And the only way you work on creating this whole holistic life is to recognize all of these aspects, physical, mental, spiritual, energetic, all of these parts that make up you are really the parts that make up health. Yeah, uh, completely. Because if you're looking at your life from a holistic standpoint, you may realize that whether maybe your relationships or your work, mm -hmm. that's what's affecting how you're eating right now. And maybe it's not about eating less or forcing yourself to be better in the eating category. Maybe you need to make a change in another aspect of your life. And I know focusing on my, the quality of my relationships and work and everything from sleep and in between has made the exercise and eating piece so much easier and yeah. makes it more fun too. Yeah. Stress has incredibly mm -hmm. impactful result on your health. Mm -hmm. Recognizing negative stress in your life will do you so much good in your health history in your health in your life being able to eliminate as much negative stress as possible will definitely benefit you and i think for me that is what i neglected a lot in life and i didn't even think about stress mm -hmm. as an aspect of my life you know everything that my mindset that was putting myself through i didn't really see how it was impacting me but through the mindfulness practice, I was able to, you know, see how, how stress really does impact you right. and how you can control it. So, yeah, I'd say understand and become aware of what's causing you stress. What are those triggers? And maybe approach that from a holistic point of view. And I'd say I challenge our listeners to come back to maybe three non-negotiables that they want to uh, be a part of their health practice and maybe be open to trying one new thing this week, whether it's trying a new recipe, a new workout, a new mindfulness practice. Uh, I think that would be my challenge to the listeners and also to myself. Right. Be open to change. Remember your values, remember your goals and you know, keep, know that you're going to keep evolving. Yeah, keep, keep living life. Keep shifting. Keep figuring out what works. And know that you can still have pizza on the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> it can be fun and playful. Right. You know, keep, keep trying new things. Enjoy life. That's what it's about. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us for this podcast. It was fun to share our journey and kind of where we got, how we got to this point. So... Have a wonderful rest of your day. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe and, you know, keep on listening. Share with your friends and, you know, we'll be back next week. Right. And if you have any requests for future podcasts, let us know. Bye. Bye.